This is the one with the master's version of Stomp. The silver cloak. Minnie the smoocher. The angry Saxons. The back of Barack Obama's head. And the feast of Stephen's point. It's called The End of Time Part 1. Here we go! We're still on our rentless voyage All through time and all through space With Slavine and Angels now Dalek, Cybers, Uden, wow Tennant, Smith and Eccleston And Capaldi, he's the man Doctor Who is cool again That was Russell's master plan Who back when? Reviewing all new who there is Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please Rose and Donna, Amy Pond Rory, Martha and beyond Join us on this odyssey What other choice could there be but Who back when? Who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to another episode of Who Back When? Episode N059. Also, it's a Doctor Who podcast. Right. Or oh, Doc Past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, it's called The End of Time. Part one. Ooh. Radio. I'm Marie. Hello, Marie. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. With me is... Hello, I'm Pumpkin. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Drew back when is also here. Also, <laughs> would you here. believe we're still sober? <laughs> <laughs> Why were you just laughing unprompted at my face? It's a beautiful face, Drew. What can uh-huh. I say? <laughs> Inspires joy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk enough to believe you. <laughs> Hang on, sorry. Do you want to move the closest? So you don't lean all the time. <laughs> nah, I'm a leaner. Are you <laughs> sure? Yeah. All right then. This way, I can give you all side eye. <laughs> When you slag off Donna Noble unwarrantedly. Mm-mm. Okay. This is the last yeah, this tenant is... double header. Oh my god, yes! This is the end of an era. Tenant is leaving. Ah. Not just tenants. Well, everyone. Oh, yeah. Really. Well, and we don't know that just yet, do we? RTD? Yeah, we yeah Russell is leaving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Ooh. Ooh, I... Our new Who Ubermensch. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from here? It's a brave new world. Who knows? Exactly. It's a terrifying Anything future we're being hurtled into. <laughs> And for the record, this is a double feature. So that you realise this podcast line, we're going to be reviewing these separately. This is part one, but we will be recording these reviews back to back. So after tonight, we will never again review. Well, with the exception of the tenant retro, we will we will never review a tenant and the fiftieth and the fiftieth episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Forget everything I just said. <laughs> Yes, Tenant will become increasingly rare. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Are you going to miss him? Um, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, where would you like to start then, Drew? With a bee scout. With a bee scout. There we go. Excellent choice. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize. Lurbify and summarize. So take a view. And grab a brief. And listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. It's Christmas, and everyone on Earth is dreaming of the Master. None more so than our old friend, Wilfred Mott. And when the Master is resurrected, it appears mankind's nightmares may come true. The Doctor has been avoiding the Ood and anything even remotely resembling four knocks. But when they share with him their prophecy of the end of time itself, he feels compelled to return to Earth. Meanwhile, Barack Obama has called for an economic press conference to solve the problem of global recession. And billionaire Joshua Naismith is plotting to use a Stargate to keep his daughter Abigail minty fresh for all eternity. Be scow over, you are welcome, aren't 
you just. Oh. Right, so where do we really want to start? Mm. Yeah, exactly. I guess, shall we start with the fact that it is Christmas? This is a Christmas special. So God rest yeah. ye merry gentlemen must be playing. Yes, exactly. That's my number one note. Well, not that detail, but my number one note is, do you think Wilf recognises the Salvation Army chaps and the music that they're playing? Because he looks so wistful. Like, you know, he, he seems like he's reminiscing. He's one of the few people who actually remember what happened. Yeah. Uh, Wilf is always watery and wistful. He is watery and wistful. That's his niche. Okay. Is this... <sighs> Where am I going with this? This is a Christmas special. Is it possibly the least Christmassy of the Christmas specials? Yeah, there's a couple of like, oh, it's a Christmas present for us, but he pops into church in the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. but it feels a bit of lackluster. Yeah, Yeah. you hear Slade at one point, but otherwise, Christmas is entirely incidental. Yeah, I I was struggling to find what the something red is because every Christmas special has something red. We had the red Ragnos, dude, dude, dude. It's big and round. Gallifrey! Oh, wow! I was going to say it was Wilf's hat! <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest, reddest thing in the Doctor Who universe, although it doesn't actually appear in the Until film. part two, yeah. yeah. It's Wilf's mm. double antler horn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm. plus ten points yeah. for Wilf's return of Wilf's antlers. <laughs> plus ten points. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to the minus fifteen points <laughs> later. There is a biblical reference, oh. it being Christmas, mm. in that Timothy Dalton gives a portentous voiceover at the beginning mm. and there's a definite biblical echo in it as in Joel 2.28 quoted in Acts 2.17 by St. Peter where it says it shall come to pass in the last days saith God your old men shall dream dreams Ooh. Mm. and your young men shall see visions Ooh. yeah that tallies as well I guess yeah yeah alright cool 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 so for the first minute which has Cribbins James Bond and a chapel 5.0 for me. And a vision, <laughs> you might say, because he sees what's-her-face. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, the lady The lady, the Gallifreyan lady. Yeah. yeah, possibly Mother Mary, but maybe not. Mm. So I had a weird... Re- Do you remember, Drew and I watched this last night, both of them, back-to-back, yeah. back, and Drew, you asked me, do we find out who she is? Mm. Which I don't think we do, but I had sort of a recollection of, oh, is this a fabricated memory? I think I remember that she is the Doc's mum. I don't think it's explicitly said, but there's definitely... But this is in part two, so you're jumping Oh, in. yeah, sorry. But yeah. there's, yeah, it's definitely like a look of recognition and she's crying and sure. y- y- she's someone important to him. She's not just a random guy. He definitely knows who she is. Yeah. yeah. I have trivia on that. Oh, Ooh. go for it. Well, for part two. Oh. My, oh. my, my part this one isn't going to work, is it? My, no, no, no. My part one trivia is that Cribbins is looking at in the chapel window, stained glass, at a little blue box. Yeah. Oh and yes. In Christchurch Cathedral, in our own dear city of Oxford, they've got stained glass windows from 1858, where some jokester who designed the windows put a flushing toilet into one of the designs. What? And you can find it like just like this little box is stuffed away in a corner. You can find a bog. <laughs> In Christchurch Cathedral, because apparently the company which founded the window made toilets. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great, great bit of trivia. <laughs> How did you feel about the TARDIS in the church window and the just out of nowhere anecdotes about the sainted physician? Um, yeah, it was a little weird. I think if I was in a church and someone came up to me and started speaking like that, I would be quite creeped out. But I like <laughs> I liked the little TARDIS in the. I like the TARDIS as well. I kind of felt like they lingered on it too much though, because if you spotted it first time round and you felt a bit clever and you were like oh there's a TARDIS and then they went back to it and like yeah. zoomed right in on it and it's yeah, like yeah. okay we got it and yeah. then no, let's no, have no. the whole story yeah think uh. about the poor stupid people like me who didn't spot it the first time uh. around <laughs> was really grateful for the second time around <laughs> 
I think it would have been better without the whole story of oh a star fell from the sky and then the sainted physician did yeah. you know this that and the other. Why is she being so mysterious? She is going to reveal herself to Wilf very soon on Hot. his TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the bonus features on the DVD. Why does she need to go about you know talking in metaphors and mm. and and also you don't really need to know a story of you see the TARDIS you think oh the Doctor was here he must have saved this whole town like yeah you, just have Wilf notice it and yeah, then zoom in on it that's enough yeah, yeah i agree oh but this sets up from the very beginning a mystery that won't even be revealed at the end i mean isn't that cool that you know it's got us talking even now about who is this woman i thought you were going on about the story of the sainted physician yeah. and like what fell from the sky i thought did i miss something i feel really stupid now <laughs> but yeah no the woman yeah, it sets up a golden cord of interest that pulls us through the episodes. Mm. How did she get in the TV? She's the wire. That's uh, she I know. Well, yeah. is she? Yeah. Is she? <laughs> How do you feel about the doc getting laid with good Queen Bess? <laughs> I think that was some good foresight <laughs> on the writer's part. She comes back in the 50s. Oh, she does. She's annoyed. Yes, with yes, you're right. Tenant, specifically, for not calling back. Yeah, true. I'd forgotten that. That's yeah. Nice touch. Yeah, it is. So I assume that Moffat maybe had this in mind even now and was saying to RTD, can you just slip in a line um, here and there? And yeah, then I'll look possible. really clever for <laughs> podcast listeners years from now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hang on, where are we going from this? Well, there's a lot of foreboding and omens and portents and prophecies, and this is RTD's, I described it as his wordiest bollocks to date. Because <laughs> I saw a video where RTD basically said, this was my last chance to write a Doctor Who mystery. I needed to write everything I'd ever wanted to write and put it in this episode. Mm. Oh, really? And I really get the feeling that was his entire guiding philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> According to IMDb, a lot of ideas were discarded. I only glanced at the trivia. You read them in, in greater detail, didn't you, Marie? There were a few ideas that were mentioned, having been tested, tried out, and then discarded. And that was like, the Doctor was meant to materialize aboard a spaceship mm. where there's some poisonous gas or whatever, and he has to sacrifice himself to save this completely banal alien family. Mm. Uh, and that's how he regenerates. There was another one where the Doctor and the Master were meant to swap bodies. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. But they figured, why would you have the last Doctor episode with someone other than Tennant playing the Doctor? Yeah. Oh, but still, yeah. Doctor Who face-off. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But maybe not as a final one. Yeah. I, I, I do want to see that as well. But I love the Doctor. Sorry, the Master is his final foe, I think. But he's, yeah, it's fitting. And he's incredibly... You know, when he's all manic and in the black hoodie and... Oh, like, you like that? I like that. You like the yeah, manic Master? Yeah, I did. And his frenetic chewing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, hang on, Drew, where do you stand on this? I stand at the opposite pole, on the other side of the earth. Yeah, yeah, with Marie me, stands. with yeah. me. That was dreadful. Yeah, yeah, no, let's do this. <laughs> Defend yourself, Marie. I don't know, I do, I just like, and I remember this episode from years ago when I watched it, and I always remember the master just being really mesmerizing and really unpredictable, and you just have no idea what he's going to do, and that's why he's terrifying, because he could go anywhere. Like, Yeah, he could jump and land anywhere. And well. shoot lasers and lightning bolts, and it, oh, And like, wow. frazzle no. people, and no. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and say, never dying, never dying, never dying. And then it's really unpredictable what he's going to say next. It might be never dying, never dying, <laughs> never dying, or something else. Yeah. Ugh. 
I can't believe you guys didn't like him. No, not at all. There were bits of the master's shtick that I really liked, but they are not coming for some time. Mm. It's unfortunate. What, are I we talking about part two here? Well, no, there's a bit of it at the end of part one where the master is triumphant. And I like the master triumphant because the glee on John Soon's face, I really buy that. He does that very well. Yes. 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 But why is he gleeful? Because he's suddenly created the master race, which is, yes. A fantastic pun. <laughs> the best pun ever. <laughs> Great my points. Amazing pun. And then deduct at least 20 times as many points for the fact that... 100 points? Do you think I made a point? <laughs> Do you think points grow on trees? <laughs> no. Why don't you put your five points into uh, Stargate and multiply it and everyone can have... Na- oh, it's, it's so bad. Why would you create the, mo- the... The concept of the Master Race doesn't even make sense. Mm, yeah. Why would there be iterations of the Master that are perfectly happy to obey other iterations of the master why isn't every one of them just this crazy megalomaniac who cannot cooperate with anyone let alone himself yeah or at the other extreme the only other way it can make sense is why aren't they all talking at once being exactly of one mind Mm. yeah and also on a few occasions we were debating this last night on a few occasions it seems as though they do share sort of a hive mind there's that moment where he goes oh well i can hear the drums in my head what if we all just focus the drums in our head and then everyone does. But it's not like he's Skyped everyone else and we're like, oh, let's all do this, chaps. They just do it. Yeah. yeah. So why? It basically serves whatever purposes the, the scene requires. Yeah. The thing is, we can see right through that. And I'm sure everyone could. I can't think of anyone who doesn't come away from this thinking, well, that was wildly inconsistent. <laughs> and the effect. I'm so sorry. The effect is You're dreadful. sorry. Oh, You're like, so, so sorry. sorry. The shaking of the heads and uh, oh, which they totally reused in part two. Yes, yeah, like, it was the exact thing. Like, everyone was stood in the exact same positions <laughs> that they were stood in. Yeah, why is Barack yeah. Obama master still standing on the podium? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like twenty four hours later, everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Everyone is <laughs> just I, just piss running down his legs. <laughs> just about to say, like you have billions of masters just wetting themselves. <laughs> there has never been such a stench on earth, <laughs> Gallifrey and poo everywhere, oh. including. The, I mean, we get to see the American newscaster, yet again, mm. the same American newscaster who's been on Doctor Who before, and she then, when she's turned into the master, still is on Skype, and this is just so ridiculous to me. You have this Skype call between General What's-His-Face, the leader of unit master, the Chinese general master, the someone soldier master, and American news anchor <laughs> lady master. <laughs> like, why are they sharing a screen? <laughs> Oh, and Barack Obama, Master. Uh, Barack Obama, like, yeah. Everyone but the news anchor. It makes perfect sense. But why is she there? <laughs> That's no good reason. No, I've got nothing. Oh. Oh. Okay, wait. I, I've got another question about the Master. How do you feel about the resurrection of the Master? That they totally ripped off Harry Potter. Like, Did they? He's a Horcrux. Here, yeah, oh, you're right. Here is the ring with part of the Master's soul in it that we're going to resurrect. Yeah. Like, oh, th- I, I hadn't thought about that. That's yeah. super true. On IMDb, it says that his entity was inspired by Voldemort's sort of being stuck in limbo or being stuck between living and dead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he clearly was inspired by that as well. Yeah. Yeah, super That's good. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, it's a fucking horcrux and they bring out a ring and it's like because oh, they're like what's the line part yeah part of him survived in the ring it's exactly it's exactly yeah you're right yeah. Yeah. jk should sue my line was if lucy saxon in the last two years had had time to wipe the time lord stds off her lips we wouldn't be in this mess <laughs> yeah how do they do that and there's lipstick on the tissue as well she's clearly like she's in, prison. in prison yeah i also thought a little bit of the sting 
and can't blame RTD for this because of when we've watched the episode, but some of the sting of the master saying, never dying, never dying, and we've just seen him die, and Missy die, yeah. in the oh, very last episode that we watched. Break my heart. Yeah. But I know I liked that he came back, because I think the Doctor's whole thing about being alone for this all this time is the last of his kind, da, da, da. it kind of dragged towards the end, and we were a bit like, oh, get over it. And then... He's the last of his kind, fighting the other last of his kind, and they're soon to be joined by the entire rest of their kind, but who are the going thing. to make all of mankind their kind. Well... But I, d- I don't know. I just think it's interesting for him to have a foe that's his equal. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he's the Moriarty to yeah. Doc's Holmes. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. How do you feel about the Master's laughter scene? Which one? Yeah. I made a note. I just counted them. For every <laughs> single time that we got to see that close-up, the green close-up of yeah. him laughing. <laughs> I just wrote laughter. I just counted them. I wrote it 22 times oh, for God. part one alone. <laughs> I, can see your, I can see your notes from here. I thought you were noting when you were laughing. Laughter, <laughs> <laughs> laughter, 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 laughter. Oh, for fuck's sake, laughter, 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 laughter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit overkill with the laughter. And that's just RTD's love of repetition again. I mean, I, I may have an OCD thing against repetition as an editor. Mm. You know, my part of my job is taking it out of books. But why? Why? What does it achieve? Does it achieve anything for either of you two? No. No, I think if it had been used more sparingly, then like the idea that everybody on Earth is having the simultaneous dream and it's just this manic or laughter, like that's quite... Did you feel that that was the dream? Yeah, I think or so. Nightmare? Like that they all just could see his face and it's just a madman and you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, or it would have been nice if they could have done it in different ways. Like different yeah. people see it in slightly different ways. Like maybe they go into the bathroom and they see it in the mirror. Yeah. Or like for Wilf, he sees the lady on the telly. It comes up on the telly yeah. rather than just the same footage over and over and over again because yeah. yeah that's the thing i think the first time it came out i was like oh this is interesting and then it just it lost any impact the further down it went <laughs> doesn't wilf also say have you been having nightmares that you cannot remember yeah but there's like you can't remember a dream but you kind of have vague like images pop up from time to time you might not be able to put it together into a narrative but i don't know yeah okay. they're all aware that they've had nightmares yeah so. true the ood can definitely remember yeah but then i suppose they're not human could be i love the ood i like the ood great yeah oh one thing that isn't explained is the doctor says oh your civilization's come along yeah. really accelerated oh, yeah. in this century that shouldn't be why shouldn't just, it be? And then they just ignored that. Yeah, never, they never yeah you're right. To it. Yeah. Doesn't he even say someone has deliberately been accelerating your development? Mm. Who? And why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's no reason later, why. Maybe. All he needs narratively is for the Ood to be able to sit in a circle like he does and get the info off them. That line yeah, you don't is need utterly it. unnecessary. Yeah. Maybe he did have something else in mind and it was cut. Oh. I, I didn't remember that one. I think that's my issue with these both of these episodes is they are too long. Like I think a lot of could be cut. Yeah, because they're both an hour or over, aren't they? This one's an hour. The last one is seventy-two minutes. Ugh. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah, we didn't need those seventy-two minutes. No, but yeah, I don't think, even oh. think you needed an hour this time. You could have definitely condensed it down to like forty-five minutes and it being a, a stronger episode. Stop stealing my review. <laughs> <laughs> so is that in your notes? <laughs> I have a note for you. Okay. I wrote down specifically, please tell me Wilf has a unit of old army buddies. <laughs> and then one came along and I was massively disappointed. Oh, <laughs> they're not old army buddies. They're just the silver cloak. Silver cloak. Yeah. I love the silver cloak. I love the silver cloak yeah. as well. Especially the guy manoeuvring the camera. Yeah. He's really sweet. Mm. Oh, old fruity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> dreadful. <laughs> I think I'm justified in saying that because nothing RTD does in that area. And maybe I am primed to look for it, knowing RTD's history as the guy who did Queer as Folk and who brought more, you know, homosexual diversity to Doctor Who, and that's great. But nothing he ever does in that area seems to be in any way subtle. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah, pantomime. Very, yeah. very in your face. Yeah, but did you see Queer as Folk? That wasn't subtle. No, I never no, saw that. And it, and it doesn't have to be subtle. Yeah. But is, it, is it good? Is it worth watching? I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's aged well. Oh. I don't know. Mm. Even June Whitfield as Minnie, that was panto essentially yeah. as well. Like, oh, yeah. well, hey, can you see this in the back row? My exaggerated <laughs> gestures. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. Yeah, I really like her. I think it, they're just injecting a little bit of comedy slapstick. I don't yeah. Know. And I suppose you need some because they are, I saw on your computer screen that John Sim tried to take off Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight for some of the master. Yeah. And they are definitely going for some sort of Nolan-esque depressing scenes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but they fail. No, 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 no. Those L- scenes. Aha, let me, let me say. Oh, okay. Aha. There is a go. <laughs> I have a de- <laughs> definite parallel. You know the one, and this is actually my least favourite scene in The Dark Knight, where um, Batman is riding the motorbike at the Joker down the street and then he just oh, yeah. crashes it. For me, that is very like the Doctor just wordlessly turning up where the master is in the wastes in the dark a dreadful yeah. scene that lasts about a full minute and the master keeps like bouncing off and the doctor's just like running after him no, it's no, like no, you're no. never gonna catch no him. that's in the day oh. yeah that's in the day that's oh, when he's he's hulk jumping and iron man flying <laughs> No, but then afterwards, when he's, we get that scene of Tennant just silently walking towards Senator Palpatine, who's lasering the shit or like lightning bolting the shit out of the dock. Yeah. And I'm not saying they achieve this, but what they are going for there is something incredibly moody and intense. They're going for something akin to the the slow motion walk away from fire scene in the other Christmas special with What's-Her-Face Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Right? Where Tennant is doing kind of a James Bondy thing of walking away from an explosion. Here he's walking into one. Also, like, why is he doing that? He knows that he is going to... Like, he will knock four times and then you're going to die. Oh, well, someone's firing lightning bolts. I better not defend myself. I better just stand here and walk towards him. But no, but he's him. knocked. He knows he's not going to die from a lightning bolt. Does he? When's Why? the master ever done this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we don't... We. Th- this is a whole new aspect of Gallifreyan life, physiognomy, physiology. Like, how, how are you able to channel electricity out of your hands? I don't really know. That did bother me, actually, all the jumping around and the... Oh, no, it's, that's dreadful. Yeah. The human flea. Yeah. Except Time Lord flea, but... Yeah. <laughs> Racist. But I think, that, I think that's why, like, because I really loved the master just being, like, dark and creepy, and then they threw in the, like, I can jump like a flea and I can shoot electricity, and, da-da, and then it got a bit too much. But the other thing I wrote was about the music. I think the music in those scenes was really good, to a point, and then, because I wrote down, like, ooh, good music this episode, and then when they went and did the, like, slapstick kind of comedy stuff it like, I don't know it was terrible <laughs> I was like oh my god who, who's in charge of this this is so bad yeah from my notes about that scene I've written this episode has been reduced to a tenant lookalike chasing a homeless dude in a hoodie with royalty free music in the background <laughs> and this is what you want to go out on at the end of your five year reign yeah exactly Oh, wow. Pretty dreadful. Yeah. We've got no precedent for the master and his zappy powers, have we? And I get that he's just come out of a horcrux, and so, okay, you can say maybe different that rules makes it different. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe he was able to do this in Classic Who. We've only met Delgado Master so far on Who Back When, so maybe the other ones... Well, then the question you can retrospectively apply to all those and say, when the master had all these opportunities where a hand zap to the doctor would achieve his plans, why yeah. didn't he? I, d- I don't think that he's always been able to hand zap 
I think this is a result of bringing him back from the dead kind of thing and him he's not stable and it's almost like you know like the regeneration energy and like tenant zapped it into the hand last time okay like maybe he's not really in control of it because that's why he keeps flashing into the like skeletal thing but he can use some of this kind of life force energy that do you think there's a parallel between his zappy hand and james bond's zappy gauntlet mm. or is that part two i don't know remember if that's part one or two no, i think that's, that's part, part two. two yeah i'll tell you a parallel this for me is the same nonsense as the humans in the waters of mars just spraying unlimited water <laughs> everywhere yeah. even though they have a maximum of like 50 liters in their bodies <laughs> Like, no way does he have this much energy, which he needs to conserve as yep. best he can, and he just goes fucking jumping over buildings like Superman. Terribly irresponsible. But then he's, he's not in his right frame of mind, really. He's not sat there thinking I must conserve energy. No, he's thinking this will make good telly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another master question pertaining to the resurrection. The group of people, like his disciples, if you will, mm. who have saved the Horcrux and, and who, yeah, well, they, they, no, they do themselves. Like they, yeah, exactly. They sacrifice, they sacrifice themselves. themselves. They even say it. Like, yeah. we give our life. They for, know that they're yeah. going to die. They say that they read about all this in the secret books of Saxon. So at what point did Saxon Master write his own version of the Bible or, or what have you? Like, when did he write the secret books of Saxon? Because wasn't his plan to just kill all humans? I feel like this was like a backup plan if he... A backup plan? <laughs> just, just in case. I'm going to have this thing and then I'm going to make up a religion. I'm going to Scientology the shit out of it. I'm going to get some disciples and have them start a prison. And I'm going to make sure that my wife doesn't die so that she has my herpes. Yeah. And then she can resurrect me when I'm a massive genie. Why not? <laughs> Oh hmm. no! I'm but that's it. no because going back to Harry Potter, that is exactly why we make Horcruxes is so that it, if you case. die, you know there's a backup there. There's like a copy of you that you can bring back to life again. That's the whole idea, and so he's created this cult around it so that he's got somebody there to do his bidding for him and to bring him back. That checks out. That checks out. I take it back. I am a hundred percent convinced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have changed my mind completely. <laughs> Do you know what I think? I think that RTD by this point was just knackered. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd built a whole universe and he'd set three series in motion. And after five years, I think he'd just gone a bit insane. Really? Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe there were other rules that he had to abide by because he was on his way out and the BBC was, was he... turning it into something else. Did he choose to leave or was he kicked out? Do we know? Oh, I have no idea. I would imagine he chose to leave because as the guy who'd brought Doctor Who back and... Had, I mean, this was the highest rated show on the BBC yeah. apart from maybe strictly for these whole five years I think he could have stayed on as long as he wanted because it just seems like if you were made to leave before your time then you'd be like oh there's all these stories that are in me that I need to smush into one episode but yeah. if you decided to leave then surely he had a whole series to play with he didn't need to leave it all to the last minute but we also have this finale, this double feature, after what is effectively a hiatus. We've only had a few special episodes, months and months apart. But there's been really mainly a bit crap, haven't they? Exactly. Like, yeah. So something has, something happened, like, the last season. Yeah. I know what happened. He thought, I can't top Don a Noble. He, <laughs> he drove himself crazy trying to, and he just couldn't. Let's leave that silence in, shall we? That's, uh... <laughs> Cutting <Right>. that silence. <laughs> No, I think it comes through uh, through the doctor's speech. Because mm. Tennant, 
he says, I, I don't want to go. But at the same time, he's saying Time Lords, sometimes I think they live too long. I yeah. think that could also apply to showrunners. <laughs> I think showrunners are in the job too long. <laughs> Although I mean, we recently had, maybe we should save this for part two, but we recently had the Capaldi episode where he starts his regeneration, sort of. I mean, he hasn't, re- he hasn't regenerated yet, obviously. For the record, we are just at the end of, what was it called? What, what was the last one that we saw? The Doctor Falls. Bingo Bongo. Bingo Bongo. And Cheesecakes. So we've just had another double feature season finale where the doctor he is about to regenerate he also doesn't want to he doesn't want to go on he says pretty much the same thing like oh i don't want to regenerate i don't want to turn into some other guy tenant has a whole spiel about that that's part two maybe fuck i'm sorry mm. no no, no he, that is part one yeah he talks to cribbins in the cafe about exactly that. yeah yeah he, a really emotional scene that, by the way yeah it was, that was possibly the only good scene of part one <laughs> Well, maybe not the only, but certainly the best scene of Mm. part one. I don't rate the master in this one. I think Cribbins really steals the show. I think this is, yeah, everything that involves Cribbins is good. Anyway, yeah, so I'm saying like there are aspects of this regeneration or this final story of a doctor that clearly showrunner and audience alike really just resonated with everyone. Mm. So that now, years later, we have revisited those exact same themes with the master. With the master. In fact, two different versions of the master, whereas here we have (laughs) billions of the master. (laughs) Yeah, but none of them have a vagina. Oh, yeah, you're right. true. Do they? No, because they all just morph into the male. Oh, but he's wearing women's clothes. Yeah. We've got some cross-dressing masters. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, to come back to that scene, that scene that goes on forever and is rubbish and isn't moody and intense and he's trying to Emperor Palpatine him and it's bad. Yeah. The Doctor hears the drums, finally. Yeah. And the Master's all like, I'm not mad, hooray, marvellous. But that whole scene, for me, was just wasted time. And Doctor Master scenes should never be wasted time, right? Yeah, agreed. I think they bit off a little bit more than they could chew, right? I mean, they really wanted to have the... This is now definitely touching upon the part two thing. Yeah. Like, they really wanted to draw a circle with the only reason he has those drums in his head is because so that he can contact people and convince them to send drums back into his head when he's a child. So to make that loop, because 007 basically goes, well, I mean, we implanted them in his brain when he was a child, right? Yeah. So the only reason he has the idea to do that is because it's it's Bill and Ted logic. It's like, oh, well, why don't we do this? And then that'll be great. Oh, that was nice of us. And 007 does just that. I'm sorry. Fuck. I'm so dispassionate by this whole thing. Oh, okay, okay. Steaming pile of garbage. Uh, Again, I I disagree. I really like the drums. I love the drum beat. I just love this like constant and just imagining that constantly in your head. Yeah, it would send you a bit completely loopy. Like, yeah, yes. But tires in space is all for it. Sorry, tires. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) He's having a whale of a time. (laughs) But do you feel that it was done well? That Bill and Ted scene? That scene of. No, but that's part two. Oh, is that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. But anyway, but I think. Because they're Time Lords and they... Oh, it's part... It's, I have more to say about this, but it's part I'll go for it. Oh. Well, just because, like, the <laughs> the way that the narrator talks at the beginning of part one, and it's, it's always past tense. It's like he's narrating events that have happened. Yeah. And then it cut to, he's saying it now, and he's talking in past tense, but at you. I don't know. And so it's like, Time lo- no more than we do? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, they've got a little hologram Earth right in front of them. Yeah. So... Yeah, they are Lords of Time. Yeah, I don't know. The Lord of Time! <laughs> Sorry. So I think I give them a little bit of leeway there. Maybe okay. then I should 
shouldn't do. Yeah, okay, I, re- my... I retract my steaming pile of garbage. It does that's definitely an overreaction. Just a regular pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They use it a lot in Doctor Who and it does really piss me off normally. But I think when yeah, when it's a Time Lord, that I think the idea is that they do know more different dimensions and different possibilities. And sure. maybe it's, I don't know, there's a bit of wiggle room there. Okay. Surely, okay. surely this is a good moment. For you. All right, let's hear it. Wilf gets into the TARDIS, and the Doc's like, "Yeah, you're pretty amazed, aren't you?" And Wilf <laughs> says, "I thought it would be cleaner." <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I did like that. That is really, really good. <laughs> Wilf. Oh, Wilf is a star. He is. Yeah. He is by far the best thing about this two part. Oh. Absolutely. We've been skirting around the double D elephants in the room. Donna Noble. Oh. She's back. <laughs> double the, the double D. Oh, yeah. And she's engaged to oh. Sean Temple. Why, is is why? that the character's name or the actor's name? The character's name. Oh, right. Because they talk about the Temple Nobles and the Noble Temple. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that Why does the Doctor point. assume she's going to double barrel? Why can't she just be married but still be Donna Noble? Because we've come a long way in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or Donna Temple. Well, yeah, like he just immediately. Oh no, he's not. She's not going to give up the noble name of Noble. Oh no, that's fair. No. Yeah. Oh well. I don't know. I feel like I have no opinions about Donna. I feel like she no. might as well have not been in this episode. Well, that's a very good point. Is it? Because her being in this episode only brings up all sorts of uncomfortable questions. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, it does. Okay. Here, start us off. Well, the Doctor cannot see her. That has been established, and he repeats that almost verbatim here, as in if she. Rem- remembers any of it then your brain die. is going to burn yeah. and she's just going to fall to the ground ashes yeah that's it yeah what is he playing yeah clearly that's a that's a ruse that's a massive yeah, lie that doesn't happen yeah and and uh, why because he built in this safety mechanism <laughs> slash uh, i don't know a master repellent box in her head it makes no sense yeah. it makes absolutely no sense no sense at all yeah. no and does she th- i mean she then doesn't remember anything afterwards no. right yeah she wakes up again and goes oh i missed it all yeah, yeah. so really yeah. there's no risk of any harm befalling her no i mean will could just whenever he wants her to shut up for a second so that he can watch the telly <laughs> he just has to go oh yeah blue box tardis remember that she'll just fall unconscious he'll watch his show and half no. an hour later she wakes up and goes like did i miss it again she'll yeah you did <laughs> he'll be unconscious too you can only use that if you're like so you call her half a mile this away this is perfect yeah. you call her when she's on her way to come ruin your <laughs> evening <laughs> like no donna noble don't come and be a bad actress in this scene please i, I want to watch the something but did she have a role in this no she didn't and there was too much of her for a cameo yeah. and too little for her for a proper role yeah. for a proper character no not even rose this is part two mm. not even rose gets this much attention no and rose like that's the exact right amount for a cameo I yeah think. just a little snippet yeah because i really thought when everybody on earth is turning to the master and then you flip to donna and she's not and it's like oh my god donna to the rescue she's gonna do something clever and save the day yeah and she's gonna remember briefly that she's the doctor donna and like it's all gonna come back and nope like yeah and it yeah that's not happening no no not at all let's pick this up in part two yeah yeah let's do that (laughs) do you know whom we haven't talked about at all josh naismith what are your opinions of of mr trump (laughs) he's very perfunctory Mm. (laughs) i mean he's he's only there in terms of plot structure he's like i'm a rich dude i'm the billionth rich dude who thinks he can harness interdimensional technology and alien things to do something and it'll go wrong and it does and 
I better look. Yeah, scared we had now. this in the Suntoran stratagem and the what's it called or the what's it called with Mr. Facebook guy. He did the exact same thing. He had another interdimensional, or well, he had a warp, not warp. Fuck, what's it called? Beaming technology thing from the Suntarans, right? Yeah. Yeah, it also brings to mind the Lazarus experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And he brings nothing to this apart from he thinks his daughter is delicious. It's so uncomfortable. It's really like, weird. Scenes, and if really she wasn't his them. daughter... Ugh. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, speaking of Trump. I mean, yeah, yeah it, absolutely. While they're sitting there on their super tacky silver chairs watching <laughs> a deactivated Stargates, like, clinking their glasses. Like, that is the worst show on Earth. Why are you sitting and watching a turned-off piece of technology? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that's how you spend your evenings? Yeah, okay. How about the Vin Vinvochi? Because I didn't see them coming. I was really pleased when they turned up because I was like, well, this has been getting quite standard. Here is a wrinkle. I know what's going to happen now. Yeah, I and agree. And also, those two, they're more than extras. Those two parts, they put some effort into giving those characters personality, I thought. As in, the shorter female one is really bolshy. She is definitely yeah. the pricklier one. <laughs> so to speak. And the taller one is a bit of a gormless sort of, not cowardly exactly, but he, he's... Certainly bordering on it. Yeah, he's a lot more overwhelmed by the situation. So you can definitely tell them apart. Much more so than, you know, Template Naismith and his horrible daughter. So I think that is a... They are templates though. There's like bullshit woman and like gormless dad like character. Yeah, they know. are stereotypes There's, as well. But they're, yeah. they're well done stereotypes. Mm, I don't know. Or archetypes if you like. Yeah. But that's the word. <laughs> I like them. I really like them. We we both had the same reaction when they first appeared, and he makes some... Uh, I can't remember. What, what are they called again? The Vinvochi. Vinvochi. Oh, they have names as well, I'm sure, as in individual names, but whatever. So he makes some nonsense excuse to go down to the basement and then goes, oh, yes, and Miss... Uh, what's her face? Why don't you come with me? And we both had the same reaction, which was basically, why is no one suspecting that they're just off to bone in the basement <laughs> now? <laughs> just like Martha's cousin and what's-his-face in the Cyberman double feature. Yeah. In our of ghosts that's the one yeah no i like them i, I thought they were really good yeah they were sparky i, d- I didn't <laughs> i didn't like them at all oh no yeah i don't mm. know just like i liked the kind of botched rescue job briefly when he was like get me out of the chair um I, 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 that I, made me giggle and then that went on for far too long and i was just like oh god it's just like slapstick and it was slapstick yeah, i enjoyed that I one didn't actually like that. that's no. part two but yes oh, <laughs> oh really oh, shit, sorry. is it no yeah it is because part two opens with him tied up yeah oh yeah, yeah I mean, oh yeah <clears throat> we keep skipping ahead to part two and it only sort of accentuates the fact that this episode did not need to be 60 minutes yeah. for the minuscule amount they got done in it. Could I this double feature have been one? Oh, sorry, go for that, it. No, that's it. It's like, I keep thinking about <laughs> things to say and then realising it happened in part two and it, everything I want to talk about is in part two. It's just very little content in this one. Yeah. There's a lot of flab. The head shaking yeah. thing where after the first five seconds you see you know what's the happening. master's head. You aren't just waiting for it to end. Yeah. And it doesn't for <laughs> ages. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't for ages and then, I mean, we do get to see a few scenes from around the world but primarily we do get to see just one Skype call and one council estate full of masters yeah. <laughs> it's just like alright great you can take over Essex <laughs> like I don't know I don't understand my note for that is worst idea ever terrible reveal bad effect bad idea why mm. it's just <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you really feel <laughs> didn't like it at all because then what is he gonna do he's not gonna use an army of masters right 
the master is much more likely to... The last time he did this, he had the... Uh, oh, what are they called? The little floating balls, the gonads. With the toclophane. Toclophane, thank you. He had the toclophane. That's exactly what he would do. He would have an army. He would turn the human race into something, you know, just disposable. Just mindless that he could control. Exactly. Yeah. So that he can be the dictator with an unstoppable army. But now he has an army of himself. And what is he going to do? He's not going to sacrifice any of them. They're not going to want to be sacrificed. I, d- I think he would. I think that there's a level because they definitely respond to him like he's in charge as the template. Yeah, and they said like if he dies, they all go back to normal. So it's not like he's created a million masters and they're all equal. He is in charge of them, but they think like him and they're never going to question him, I guess. Hmm. Oh, I still don't <laughs> buy it. I, no. I don't buy it. I don't see an army of masters walking, like, like marching into battle. It just didn't really seem like there was any point. Either. Like, what, what was his end goal? To make that pun. Oh. Yeah. That was <laughs> his race. That, yeah, that was it. Oh, that was it. Well, then, he succeeded. Well done. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. we set ourselves podcast land to finish this episode in an hour, and we're running dry at 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As RTD probably should have done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go through our notes. I have the dog collar is a little bit S&M. Oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, yeah. that the master's in? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little sexy, I will yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't really seem to have any purpose. I'd like to call out a sound bite. I don't okay. remember what he says, but uh, soundbite thirty-three, thirty-five. I've just written the master as Gollum. Oh, burn sticky hot skin, hot this hot stop it. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it, stop it, eat it, Oh yeah, it really does sound like Gollum. Oh yeah, it's Gollum. Is, is that when he's listing... No, that is when he's listing all the... Um, all the food. All the Christmas foods. Yes, that's what it is. Yes, foods and turkeys and juicy fruits and Yeah. Does it not make you really hungry? Yes, oh. it did. <laughs> so hungry. <laughs> we had to turn the television up because our stomachs just started going <laughs> roaring away. And then between the two episodes, got up and got like every cheese cracker in the house. Carbs and fat. Yeah, no, that, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, really running dry. What have we got? Just to close off the how this episode could have been shorter thing, there is no rule that says this has to be an hour at Christmas. No. These extended episodes can be as long as they like. The BBC can fill up the extra five minutes with idents and trailers, endless Christmas trailers. So I just don't get it. Also, couldn't you have, rather than two hours and 12 minutes, is that what you said, in total? Two hours, 12 minutes. Yeah. Couldn't you make a really fairly solid hour and 40 minutes made-for-TV movie? Mm, yeah. The way that this very same team has proven, well, not exactly the very same team, but certainly the BBC team has proven that they can do with, for example, Sherlock. Mm. You know, there's a lot of overlap between the production teams there. Every episode, movie quality, movie yeah. length. Do that with this. Give Tenant a proper send-off. Yeah. Well, it's just, RTD, he definitely gives a spectacle. Mm. But sometimes just layering it on, it detracts from the epicness. And I get that he wants to go out on the biggest exclamation point ever, but he just overdoes it. He overreaches. Yeah. And I I laud his ambition. I've lauded it before on this podcast. But here... Any more thoughts? I mean, we've sort of touched upon the the whole thing of, and I think this is the first time that it is mentioned, that regeneration actually equals death, in a way. Yeah. Tennant does say that he will die and some other person will walk off yeah. in, like, his guise. With his memories, but yeah. it's not him. But it's a new person. Because we've talked about this before, where we were discussing Rose, and, like, 
she was yeah exactly like obviously she loves him because yeah. it is the same intellect and he shares the memories and maybe he's a little bit more bombastic but she was her. really scared that he was going to regenerate and like I'm going to lose you and we yeah. were like what are you talking about stupid woman? exactly like it's the same person but actually he doesn't feel like the same person that's really interesting yeah because their personality does change every time definitely yeah so yeah that certainly turned slightly more somber this time around. Mm. I don't think that we get that from... Do we get that from Smith to Capaldi? I, I don't, I'm not so sure we do. No, Smith's really old. I suppose he has hundreds and hundreds of years on the wood planet to ready himself for the yeah. eventuality, though. Yeah. Yeah, carving no, little real dolls. Yeah, but Tennant is really against the idea. Why Why is it... Is it just... Part two, part two, part two. Is it sentimentality and mawkishness to up the feels? Is that what it's I about? I think so. Because in this episode, he's talking to Cribbins and he is full-on crying in yeah. the cafe. Yeah. And I know he's an emo doctor but he's never gone that far before. I think it is. It's pulling on the heartstrings of all the yeah. audience because it, it had such family. a long run as well. Like, there are people that have grown up with him as their doctor. Yeah. And so it's like the end of an era, whereas when Eccleston left, it was just one series and so you didn't have time to kind of get that attached to him. Yeah, very so true. So this is a real, like, one song. It just goes on for too long. But, oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh, also, this is the Doctor with the biggest ego, isn't it? So actually, it yeah. does suit his character. Yeah, it does, actually. He cannot bear the thought of any measure of self-annihilation. Yeah. Nope. But when he's talking about dying, did you think it was an end? This is going to be it over forever? Or were you always pitching a regeneration? Well, I mean, I'm assuming given how successful the show was, I think it was quote-unquote obvious to yeah. the entire audience that he's not going to die die yeah but to him it's not obvious in that cafe scene he tells Tribbins like yeah but it just because i regenerate doesn't mean that i can die if you shoot me before i regenerate then i am done and surely that is his fear so that's yeah that's a really big work yeah so he's really clever to walk into lightning <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but there were no knocks oh yeah yeah. yeah. He's immortal until someone knocks four times. The well, that's already... that he has all... Yeah, yeah he's right. banged on the oil drum. Yeah. Mm. Is that knocking? Specifically four times. It... Yeah. We're certainly meant to think it's knocking. Well, yeah, no, yeah. we are. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Going through my notes before we have uh, your bombastic finale, Drew. Just dawned on me that we've returned to a Welsh quarry. Okay. Ah, yes, and a Welsh sets. shipyard. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Why, why is the burger van in the middle of a quarry? Oh, I oh. don't know. No, no. There's oh. a very specific point yeah. to yes. this. Yes, <laughs> go for it. Stephen's point, where the people are queuing up for their Christmas feast, oh. the first ever Doctor Who Christmas episode was called... The Feast of Stephen. Oh, yes. nice. A little nod there. Yeah. <laughs> Still doesn't really explain why it's in the middle of nowhere. I can't stand up for at least 10 minutes now. Yeah, but you're right. No, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like, they're not selling many burgers. <laughs> 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 they, they've sold two burgers to two chaps, one of whom is advising the other one to make his one burger last all day. Yeah. The, these two guys... Were they home, like, homeless? I think so. I, what it is, I mean, it's very been. sad, but I mean, yeah. there's literally no one else there. No. There it's are part, no patrons. It's part of a Welsh government programme to make vagrants get exercise. <laughs> like, we'll give you a free burger, but you have to walk three miles <laughs> across a post-industrial wasteland <laughs> to get it. <laughs> Alright, what else have we got? Um, I've written, thank goodness the chaps who sole job it is to press a button and not be allowed to sit down are wearing lab coats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have Doc Parks the TARDIS a second out of sync. Oh! He can stop being surprised by the brilliance of time pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Why would a human have designed a UI with weird alien pictograms? Yes. Okay. That, that's for all the coders out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, why did no one post-produce James Bond's spittle? 
Um, because, say it, don't spray it, 007. Holy smokes. Do you not remember Friends? I, yes, I know. <laughs> with Gary Oldman. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> like a good actor always spits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, can, you can see why they didn't invite him back. Because oh. they were mopping up the studio <laughs> until Moffat arrived. It looked like deleted footage from the waters of Mars. <laughs> All right, so go for it. My final note is, and so it came to pass that Timothy Dalton did some more voiceover. <laughs> An RTD finally saw the Welsh cultural takeover complete, with the Welsh James Bond leading the assault on the rest of reality. <laughs> oh, goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> on my dick, that's never happened before. That was amazing. What? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. Oh, Shall we jump into <laughs> yeah, ratings? Yeah. Super quick ratings. We've got another one of these to record after this. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. La. Marie, go for it. I um said it. I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know, I know we've just sat here and slated it for an hour. For, actually, for probably less time than the show was actually on air. But... <laughs> Doesn't that tell you something in that we usually generate more material than is in the show yeah. and here we have been really struggling. <laughs> it was too long. There were some really cheesy like slapstick bits. I didn't massively like the cactus aliens, but I loved the Doctor and the Master. I loved that relationship. I loved the beating of the drums. I don't know. And I did get swept away with it being this epic finale and saying goodbye to Tenon. I got, I got really emotional in that scene with Cribbins. I don't know. So I came here I, I don't know with a very high score I'm going to bring it down a little bit but I'm going to give it I don't know like 4.2 oh what <laughs> oh my what this 4.2 wait 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 what did you give Blink <laughs> like a 4.7 I think okay yeah it's not my highest definitely. no this is not far below that <laughs> 4.2 Wow, wait, and this is not as high as the rating you had in mind when you came here? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I, I think I'm going to have to act as a bridge yeah, okay, between okay. us here. <laughs> My rating is, this could have been so much better. The shit bits of the Gollum Manic Master, the blandless of the Joshua Nay Smith subplot, and the head shaking are to an extent, however, the only downsides. Cut those bits down, take them out of the episode, make it 45 minutes, and we we're looking at a four score for the episode, I think. Mm. Wilf is great. Tenant's good at the beginning, when they're both together. Molto bene. The Vin Voci are good, I think. The promise of the Time Lords coming back couldn't be any more epic. Yeah, this is where it has to go. Yeah. But the master's part in dragging this down is in the end massive. So massive at times it felt like RTD was salting the earth before Moffat could get his hands on the show. 2.6. <gasps> Right, okay. Yeah, that's certainly a, a bit more realistic in my in my view. <laughs> I'm going to bump up my score a little bit because I originally wanted to give this a 1.5. And I think, yes, you're right, Drew. There are certain elements of this that if you were to have just kept those, then this would have been a 4.0. But you can kind of say that about anything. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to spend today just picking out my favorite 5 minutes of Love and Monsters. 4.0. Great episode. Loved that little bit. I but love the bit where he goes northern. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't a 4.0. Clom! <laughs> Clom. No, this isn't a 4.0 because I think it's really poorly crafted. and It contains lots of bits. Just like the Donna roll was too fleshed out for a cameo, this episode, this half of a double feature, has too many bits that are completely unnecessary. And therefore, I'm... Oh, whatever. Very good ideas, but very poor execution, 2.0. Cool. <laughs> 
That is a good range of scores. <laughs> uh, Mine might be too high. <laughs> I knew yours were going to be really low. <laughs> listener minis. And we have two listener minis. Really? Who's the first one from? The first one's from Tracy. Hello, Tracy. Not the only Tracy from America. We've been informed on Facebook. Yes. Actually. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's, a, there's another Tracy from America who congratulated me on Leon Day. <gasps> yeah. That's a thing. It's halfway between Christmases, between Noel's. Nice. <laughs> oh, cool. Because mm, your name is Noel backwards. Yeah. I've never Excuse realized me. that. Excuse me. Okay, so, it, sorry, hang on. Total tangent. When I was at uni in Stockholm, I was in the same class as a dude named Noel, and he would call me Noel backwards. I would call myself Leon forwards and him Leon backwards, <laughs> and we never got along because of this. Oh. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to be like best mate. No, no. I, sorry. I, I say we didn't get along, but we would constantly, like, jokingly argue you about okay. it yeah. hope you're listening Leon backwards <laughs> uh, hope you're listening both Tracy's from America we are huge <laughs> among that demographic <laughs> <laughs> okay Tracy goes this episode is a tough one for me there are a lot of really great elements and a few that just plain suck so much is going on what can I talk about Tracy talks about I enjoyed Wilf and his team of crack commandos out searching for the Doctor. That's quite a charitable description, Tracy. <laughs> the Wilf and Doctor scenes are very good. But on the flip side, there's Donna on the other side of the glass. Oh, who can't even be allowed to see the Doc or she might implode. As Wilf begs, can't you help her? I find myself <laughs> wanting to beg the writers, couldn't you come up with a temporary return of the memory intact Donna character? But to no avail. Tracy continues, The Master is super duper crazy, like full on bonkers. With the limited classic Who I've seen, I'm thinking he's always been kind of crazy. And now it's just worse because of the failed resurrection involving, what was it, the blood of a unicorn and Harry Potter? <laughs> and I don't even like the Master, but somehow I'm starting to feel sorry for him. He tells the Doctor about the drums in his head, then mind melds so Doc actually hears them. But instead of entering the TARDIS to research Time Lord mental health, <laughs> Doc says, it's just your insanity. Doc, please see last week's note regarding Bedside Manor. <laughs> and Tracy concludes, uh, wait, Time Lords are dead, right? I honestly can't remember how I reacted originally to their appearance. Rating, um, patience is a virtue? Till next week. Nice. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land who are not Tracy, you can follow Tracy on Twitter. She is at... Yekatnyatnuf. That's Fountain Tracy. Backwards. <laughs> we have one more. Sort of a listener mini. It's a teaser for a listener mini of part two. This one comes from Trenton Bless. Hello, Trenton. He teases, To me, The End of Time is my least favorite regeneration story for several reasons. It was cluttered. The jokes weren't funny. The Doctor was a drama queen at times. The Master and the Time Lords coming back were pointless. Hopefully Series 10 will fix the Sim Master. It's so dumb, says Trenton. Yep. But there's more from Trenton and Tracy to come after our next episode, which we're recording right now. <gasps> so excited. Let's get to it. You are at... Drew back when? You're not on Twitter? No. <laughs> I'm at Ponkin. You know how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Thank you so much for listening. Be right next to each other. Rock on and cha-chao. Bye. Toodles. Blamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. 
Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account. No lies, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or, still funny, audio Who review. Ciao. Who Back When.